0: You know, life isn't always easy for a Lombax and his little robot friend, but if you have a big ass wrench and a slew of powerful and hilarious weapons, it's all you need to go from repairing ships to saving the universe. Join us for this week's episode as Ratchet and his new defective friend Clank move past their admiration of their personal heroes and become exactly what the universe needs. What's up everybody and welcome back to the Cooper's Viewers Couch, Pursuit of Platinum. I'm your host Ben and if you didn't know, on the Pursuit of Platinum, I give my thoughts on a game that I have platinumed on the PlayStation from top to bottom. That's right, every other week I talk about the story, gameplay, graphics, if it's worth it to take the time to play the game, and of course the overall Platinability of the games I play. You can listen to The Cooperators, Viewers, Couch, Pursuit of Platinum, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can catch us on a regular basis on Twitch at twitch.tv slash theco underscore operators. You can also connect with us on social media. Those links will be in the description of this podcast. But that is enough of that. Let's jump into my journey through Ratchet & Clank. The Ratchet & Clank revamp was first announced alongside the movie release in 2014, eventually releasing in Spring 2016. The game was developed by Insomniac and they worked closely with Rainmaker Entertainment who were working on the film. While the story follows the structure of the original game, many things are retconned by Quark as he retells the events of the story. The most notable retcon is the introduction of Dr. Nefarious, who originally did not appear in the series until Up Your Arsenal. What a great name for a game, am I right? And had a different origin story explaining his transformation from an organic life form to a robot. Now he was just part of the Rangers and he was treated very badly by everybody, so he kind of went evil. Quark's story was entirely changed, where in the original game he began working for Drek from the beginning, but in the reimagining that was released in 2016, he instead was made to begin as a hero, before being persuaded by Drek out of jealousy of Ratchet's success within the Rangers. Quark also never reformed in the original game, unlike in this one where he gets to jail and he actually reforms enough. The characters Grimoth, Raz, Victor Von Ion, and Rangers Korra, Brax, and Alaris are entirely new to the game and did not feature in the original series. Several planets from the original game were actually merged, which is awesome. For instance, Battalia is emerging between the Frozen Hoven and the worn-torn Battalia from the original game. As well, Quartu is a merge between the factory planet Quartu and the polluted Orxon. 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 That is a cool word to say, but also really annoying. Both Insomniac and Rainmaker Entertainment shared many assets while they created this game, including 3D characters and environment models, sending them back and forth between the two in order to maintain parity between the film and the relaunch insomniac were initially very doubtful about this process uh with some developers actually believing that the film models could not be used for the game at all they soon found out though that the models were so close to what was required aside from some texture work and uv space allocation characters models need a little rejigging uh for insomniac's developer tool and the shading needed to be authored, the models were actually clean and within Insomniac's density targets, which is awesome that they were able to share it that way. Due to the benefit from global code sharing practices, Insomniac found the production of the game to be among the smoothest in company's history. Which is kind of surprising because they weren't actually able to use a lot of their PS2 uh, graphics and things, but I will get into that later. The game engine was eventually used for Insomniac's next big title, which I'm going to be reviewing eventually as well, Marvel's Spider-Man, which, let's be honest, was amazing, and I'm so glad that they had this kind of engine to make it as good as it was. Also, who isn't excited for Miles Morales? Because I know I am. But more into that when it actually comes out. I think this game overall, I loved it. I loved it from the start to the finish. I think this is probably one of the most entertaining games I've played uh, since the start of my running of Platinums. Um, it maybe didn't have the most in-depth story, like God of War, and it maybe didn't have... You know what? No, It did have some of the best gameplay I've played this year too. It was fun, it was light. It had some very entertaining parts, and the Platinum wasn't so annoying that I got bored while doing it. So I would overall say that this game was great, uh, and I'm excited to talk about it with you guys. Uh, And where else should we start? Then the Bronze Trophy level. That's right everyone, let's jump right into the plot. Insomniac had the idea to tell the story from the game-character Quark's point of view. This freed up the ability to tell the story without being bound to the film, whose story had been changed heavily by Hollywood writers and executives so that it was no longer compatible with the lore of the games. This is probably why more games don't actually do team-ups with Hollywood for game movies, or maybe it's because 99% of movie-based on video games really suck. Well, except you, Resident Evil 1. You were a fun ride. I'd watch you again. Actually, I'd watch you. Oh, maybe I should watch you tonight. But including Quark as the narrator allowed for a story that matched the game mechanics progression and allowed players to be more involved with the action of each setting. It also helped make the pacing feel right for the game and could sidestep some of the inconsistencies without mismatching plot points. The story is Captain Quark's opinion on events based on the Holo film, based on his life. And on Novalis, a joke is included about a brain-eating zombie T-Rex, attacking Ratchet, Clank, and the plumber, while repairing the ship to remind the player that Quark is an unreliable narrator, and many of the events that take place in the game that Quark tells, he actually made up. It's kind of a fun way to play around with that aspect, and be able to keep it in line with the movie, at least partially. This was honestly a great way to tell a story. It added so much that he kind of just added these little jokes in that you had to deal with, but it was really hilarious in the way that they told the story. It wasn't just you going through it, it was someone recounting something that you're currently going through, which is kind of a meta decision to make, but really fun. Insomniac and Brainmaker established four main locations for the story to take place on. These are the planets Velodin, Alero City, Drex Warbot Factory, and of course Drex Deplanetizer. I mean Death Star. No, nope. no, you're right. Deplanitizer. Let's be honest. This game has so many of the same aspects of Star Wars. I, yeah, I don't know. I think that it was probably one of their main uh, draws. These locations would be shared between the game and the film, and as such, Insomniac spent most of their time on the level design for these four locations exclusively. Insomniac underestimated the time that it would be needed to develop cinematic cutscenes though when scheduling them into the game, meaning that many things were actually left unfinished. Originally, Insomniac wished for non-player characters and cutscenes to have more fluidity and expression than planned, as well for Ratchet and Clank to jump seamlessly into and out of their ship, which would fly on a custom path authored for the specific level. Due to time constraints and a focus on trying to make the game into a movie, less time was actually spent in developing the story and cinematics of the game, with more focus being placed on the gameplay mechanics. I think this was actually a good choice because I think they did a great job with the cinematics and the story as it was and I think if less time were put on the mechanics it might not be as enjoyable. Much of the humor in this game was also changed from the original due to many developers finding it extremely cringeworthy which it was. Also, he was, Ratchet was kind of a dick to Clank in a lot of cases in the first one so I'm glad they changed that up too. Now into the actual plot here. Prisoner Shiv Helix is being moved to a joint cell with his the newly imprisoned Captain Quark after his betrayal of the Rangers. He is a huge fan of Quark though, and he reveals that the game is being made based on his last adventure. Eager for attention, Quark agrees to tell Shiv his side of the story, starting with Ratchet. Ratchet starts the game on Velden. He works as a mechanic for his adopted father, Grimm. He dreams of joining the Galactic Rangers, though, and while he easily passes the physical exam, his criminal past convinces Quark to personally reject him from the team. Meanwhile, in a factory in Quartu, Chairman Alonzo Drek oversees the construction of a mechanical army built by Dr. Nefarious, a complete dickwad. A former Galactic Ranger himself, actually, why you would let someone into your galactic ranger things with the last name nefarious is beyond me i mean that's just kind of asking for trouble but i guess uh everyone deserves a chance well except ratchet ratchet didn't get no chance there Quark. Wh- whatever after the factory's mainframe locates a defective warbat trying to escape drek sends his lieutenant victor von ion to destroy him this guy is kind of weird because he seems to have one big weakness that is shown later. The defect, though, is escapes in a stolen ship, but Victor shoots out the engine, causing the ship to crash on Velden. Ratchet seeing the crash rescues the defected robot and gets him out right before the wreckage explodes. The defect explains that he needs to warn Galactic Rangers of Drek's plan because he's planning to destroy the planets. Ratchet names him Clank and offers to take him to the Rangers headquarters on planet Kurwan. I think at this point he also says that he's like best friends with the Rangers and Clank does not really believe him then and he shouldn't have because he was not. While flying over Novalis the duo is shot down by Blarg's forces though. They rescue the mayor here, who is also in a wreckage, who asked them to rescue his nephew, Skid McMarks, on Adria. And a plumber who can fix their ship, of course. Traveling to Kerwan, they discover that Drek's invasion is already in progress, though. Using their ship's arsenal, they destroy the boat, Blargian, oh that's a hard one to say, Blargian, transports and mothership. With the help of Big Al, an electronic engineer, they foil an attempt by the invaders to destroy the Hall of Heroes. That probably doesn't have much of a strategical thing, but maybe it's a moral victory they're trying to go for. After helping out as a reward, Quark reluctantly allows them to join the Rangers and provides them with a new shiny ship. As well as some cool-ass armor for uh, Ratchet. Nothing really for Clank, though. He kind of gets shafted on all this. Before undertaking their first mission, the two travel to Adria to rescue Skid and his agent from the Blarg. Skid gives them his hoverboard, which is pretty awesome, and you can do some great stuff on it, as well as an invitation to a racing tournament on planet Wrigler. Ratchet wants to participate, but learns that the race has been canceled due to an outbreak of Blargian ambroids, I know. What is up with these words, guys? You could of have made something a little bit easier for people to say when they're trying to do reviews? Come on, Insomniac. After he manages to wipe them out, the race is reopened and Ratchet wins the grand prize. As long as you're good enough. Which you don't really have to be that good. But still, he wins the grand prize. It's awesome. Court contacts the duo with a new assignment to investigate reports on the activity of remote Blarg Biolab. They destroy several mutant specimens because they're awesome, and this includes the large Snagglebeast, who was also in the original game. Using the intelligence retrieved from the Snagglebeast hander, they head to a research facility run by Nefarious on planet Gaspar. A Blargarian scientist there hires them to collect brain samples from Nefarious' experiments, which are giant crazy monster with tentacles and stuff they're kind of like giant uh jellyfish type things in the sky with giant brains kind of cool and exchanges those for a jetpack and the news that Drek is moving to attack the ranger's outpost on planet battalia the two arrive just in time to destroy the bloggerian fleet because they are the heroes and they always arrive just in time for that kind of stuff can't be too early can't be too late they receive word from Grimm that the Blarg are draining the planet Pokitaru. God damn it, guys. Why make these things so hard? Pokitaru. Uh, of its fresh water. Threatening a nearby resort run by Grimm's brother. I guess I should have inflected better there. Grimm's brother. Big Al, who happens to be staying at the resort as well, provides them with rockets to destroy the extraction equipment. Yes, there's a lot going on, people. It is... I'm almost there. I'm almost there. A meeting is called for the Rangers on Kurwan, where Quark proposes an assault on Quartu. Accessing Drex files and discovering his real plan using the Death Star, I mean the planetizer a weaponized space station drek intends to destroy several planets so that he can combine their remains into an artificial world for his people i guess he's trying to do the right things for his own people but he's trying to kill a lot of people in order to do it not cool man not cool learning that his first target is novalis quark goes to negotiate with drek while the other rangers battle his forces outside the station During the fighting, Victor slips aboard the Ranger ship, though, and inflicts severe internal damage before Clank is able to disable him with the ship's sprinkler system. That's right, you have this giant robot who's killing everything, destroying stuff, and his one weakness is water. That's right, he rusts to death. Ratchet enters the deplanetizer and tries to shut it down, but Drek incapacitates him, making his attempts futile. Quark reveals that he has been spying for Drek out of spite for Ratchet stealing his thunder, and Drek then seals Ratchet in an escape pod and ejects him into space as the rangers witness the destruction of Novalis. For several weeks now, the loss of Quark's leadership cripples the rangers, and Drek clearly destroys five more planets in his conquest. When Ratchet returns to Velden, he d- decides to take the blame and quit the rangers, Clank finds him though and urges him to reconsider, as the Blarg are preparing to destroy their final target, the planet Umbris, whose destruction will destroy countless other worlds due to its rare orbital convergence. That's right, Drek has the worst ideas in the world and he wants to go after this one planet for whatever reason. Ratchet deduces the truth though that it's actually nefarious, angered by the defeat at the hands of the rangers when he decided to leave and become an evil scientist has manipulated drake into using his resources to destroy the galaxy so that he can discredit them altogether with this confidence restored ratchet heads to planet kelbo 3 where the blark have staged an attack on the headquarters of the gadgetron to acquire their stockpile of advanced weaponry The company chairman asks him to drive off the attackers in time for an upcoming race championship with Hollow Guys as the prize. After winning the device, Ratchet confers with the Rangers before heading to the Deplanetizer in an attempt to destroy it once and for all. An increasingly delusioned Quark confronts Drek for breaking his promise not to attack the Rangers any further. Nefarious arrives and mocks Quark for his treason before sending him away altogether. As Drek comments on how well the alliance has worked out, though, Nefarious turns him into a sheep and ejects him into space to his artificial planet. Yep, that's what you get, Drek, for being an ass. You get shot off as a sheep. Meanwhile, Ratchet disguises as Quark removes the Deplanetizer power core, shutting off its firing capabilities. Before they escape, though, the real Quark shows up and tries to kill them until his jackpot malfunctions after you shoot him with tons of rockets and stuff. realizing the error of his ways, Quark appoints Ratchet as the new leader of the Rangers. not really sure you can do that if you've uh, been a spy and uh, went against the Rangers altogether. I think you lose all your ability to make people into leaders, but that's beside the point. Now he has to go and take on nefarious instead though nefarious dons a new mech which is giant and awesome and maneuvers the planetizers to crash directly into umbris the duo lure nefarious though into the gravitational pull of a dwarf star causing him and his suit to spontaneously combust yes that is right you straight up murder this guy with the Deplantizer disintegrating from the heat of Umbrus' atmosphere, Ratchet, Clank, and Quark use a teleporter to escape seconds before the planetizer explodes. That's right, last minute of escape, getting places just in time. Ratchet is the real deal, people. He is what they call a hero. In the present, Quark and Helix are pricking up trash near the Hall of Heroes, where they see Ratchet and Clank greeting quark and seizing the opportunity helix steals ratchet's ship and escapes as the duo prepare to go after him they ask quark if he would like to come along and quark accepts showing that ratchet and clank even though quark did betray them have forgiven him and want him back and that is the story everybody i'm stoked Uh, yeah yeah just stoked it's such a good story such a fun adventure fun ride doesn't have to be anything new i mean you can see all of the star wars kind of references and story outline but i think it is just such a fun ride to go on to i have to say though that um i kind of wish that it was longer i think that if you really tried you could probably speed run this in a couple hours if you weren't platinuming it and that's kind of sad because i think it deserves a bigger story i know that they were trying to obviously get it into the like uh in line with the movie at least partially but how much story can you really get out of something that's only like an hour probably an hour and a half long compared to a game that has a the potential for so much more but that would be my only knock on the story really like i really enjoyed my time with this game so i wouldn't knock it at all i think that yeah just length i wish that it had more And I think that's the same way that most people feel about games they really like. They just wish for more. So I'm actually very excited for the PS5 Ration and Clank that I think comes out in 2021. Uh, And I will be obviously playing that as soon as possible. But that is enough of the plot. Let's jump into the next section, which is the Silver Trophy level. And that's right, that is Presentation. Ratchet and Clank is set in the Solana galaxy, a place that's populated by many different kinds of aliens as well as sentient robots. Ratchet lives on the planet called Felden, as I've said before, which is a backwater planet with a garage owned by his adopted father, Raz. Which, in this game, actually, he gets very little attention. Clank, it was created by Direct Industries, as I've mentioned before, and it's funny that he, his... Quote unquote, a defect, as he is completely different than any other robot that's created by Drex machines. There's uh, quite a few locations within this place, and it gives so many different environments, which is awesome to see. You have everything from a planet that's full of, like, acidy slime that if you jump in, you die. So you get your jetpack to go around, where you have to fight giant um, brain squids, I guess, or brain. Um, what are they called brain jellyfish yeah jellyfish so it's just yeah there's enough variation between worlds that it doesn't always feel like a repetitive motion that you're going through you have the swamp level that's full of different areas as well as some race elements which are great uh with fun tracks and the tracks change between levels and difficulties Overall, I gotta say that I'm very impressed with how they did the design of this game, seeing as they had to tie so much back into what they're remaking it from. I know that they did a lot of work on this to create new environments and mesh together planets to create a better overall experience for the player, and I'm really happy with the outcome of all that. I think that the programmers did a great job, I think that the artists did an amazing job, and it was never boring to look at what was going to come next, because you never really knew what was going to come next. You have some planets, as well as the uh, Deplanetizer, I think, uh, yeah that's what it's called, Deplanetizer, that give like kind of a newer age feel to them, whereas others have very barren kind of looks to them, such as your home planet of Elden and it's very interesting what they did and i'm very happy overall with the presentation of the game i think that there's enough differentiation from level to level with different monsters different activities to do as well as different settings as i mentioned some of the presentation so the planets themselves as well as weapons characters and other things were taken out of the remake in order to make it a better game. In place of these new worlds were created new meshed worlds were also created as well as new characters were introduced. These characters all really helped make the setting even better as it's created this new storyline that really touched me in a good way and gave you more really more things to look at. The graphics overall, I found were amazing for this type of game. This is what I remember Jack and Daxter being when I first started it on the PlayStation. Uh, It was so new and beautiful that I just fell in love with it. And it was the same kind of thing for this one. Sure, there are definitely other games out there that maybe have better graphics, have better settings, have better everything. But I fell in love with this game right away. And it wasn't just the overall environments and character models that really caught my attention. It was the varied display of not only graphics, but also the music and even the voice acting that came along with it. Everything looked fresh all the time, and the music even felt fresh as you went from level to level as music changed. And of course, the voice acting was incredible. Not only were the scripts so well done in this iteration of ratchet and clank the voice actors really nailed it how i saw ratchet is really how he sounded i guess like it made such good sense to bring that voice actor in and sorry i don't have the voice actors names i didn't go that far but having them be the voice just now that is my voice for ratchet from now on I'm not sure if it was before, as I've said before that I didn't play a lot of the Ratchet and Clank games. I was more of a Jack and Daxter and Spyro, maybe a little Crash Bandicoot there, but yeah, Ratchet and Clank never really caught my attention before. But now that it really has, I can't imagine any of these characters having different voices because they were all suited so well, both in tone and excitement, and just the level of proficiency and professionalism that these voice actors brought to their roles, it made it so enjoyable to listen to the story. Never once did I actually feel like I needed to turn the sound off in this entire game, which is saying something for me, because I usually get bored part way through. And I know that's kind of saying something about me too, maybe it's the uh, short attention span in there, but I find that at a certain point, just reading the text for a story does just as well while listening to my own music. If you're going into a game wanting something a little cartoony, great story and everything like that, as well as some amazing voice and music, I think that this is probably going to be a game for you to play. I was, again, very happy with the overall presentation of everything and I'm really glad that I got to actually go on to this game. Uh, by a suggestion from a friend so yeah i think it's time to get on to our next section which is the gold trophies and as you know that is our gameplay If you haven't played the game before, Ratchet and Clank is a third-person, three-dimensional action-adventure game with elements of both platforming, shooting, and puzzle-solving in the vein of the original games and updated with more gameplay elements uh, from returning games from the franchise as a whole. The player controls Ratchet for the most part, the Lombax mechanic from Veldin who carries his friend Clank in a backpack. Unlike the original though, he is less of a dick to his new companion and is more of a friend to him compared to just having Clank as a object. Ratchet has a core moveset that is retained from previous entries of the Ratchet and Clank series, but it also has an entirely new control scheme. He wields his Omni-Wrench and an arsenal of returning, and new upgradable weapons to create massive devastation across the universe. Clank as a backpack allows him to use his pack as well as a jetpack called the thruster pack to reach new heights in levels. This is great when you're going back through levels to collect all those little nitty-gritty items that you'll need for that platinum trophy. Throughout the game, you will head to different planets on the brand new ship provided to Ratchet & Clank by the Rangers. This ship is your main way to get around, and unlike that was originally planned for there to be some kind of minigame here, you just get to travel from place to place, which is nice. No one really liked the gummy ship idea from Kingdom Hearts, and if you did, well, you're, uh, you're something different there. But... It also gives you the opportunity to just go and get something to drink or whatever else in those kind of long loading screens which i wasn't crazy about advancing through the store you'll also get like i said a myriad of weapons and gadgets that will help you get through the levels this includes your omni wrench of course your different kinds of weapons including a sheep launcher which is our sheep laser i guess is more of Uh, appropriate, which is hilarious as you turn enemies into sheep, uh, as well as different items such as the jetpack that'll help you get new items and to new places. Objectives normally require the player to progress through a linear section of a planet, followed by a near-identical level layout to the original game, with a few minor scenario layout changes. This includes Novalis, Adria, and... Rilgar, uh which off the, mm, while other levels have been changed more significantly while keeping most elements and enemies as the original. These include Felden, Kirwan, and Quartu. The order objectives are completed and gadgets are obtained are also changed from the original game. Not all planets from the original also return, as I've said before, and this creates a full new game for the player to interact with. Uh, One note here is that, unlike in the original game, no objectives require you to pay your bolts so you can use those for better things, such as your upgrades when you get there. This can be a very annoying place, and for annoying part, try and get those bolts, so it is very helpful that they don't require you to do it for story missions. There are many objectives on each planet that are entirely optional such as on rilgar and kilbo the hoverboard racing which if you don't like racing sure you can skip them but they're just so much fun like they're very easy really uh, it's almost impossible not to get first in the first couple races and as you go through it gets a little bit harder but not so hard that you miss out on your things the hard part is getting some of those times down for the platinum trophy on planet Gespar, New Sign Missions is also added involving the Jetpack, in which the player uses the Jetpack to explore the planet and hunt down the Telepathos. Telepathos. telepathopus, telepathpus. That's hard to say. I bet you guys can't say it 10 times fast. That's a challenge to you guys for the day. And you use those brains to sell to the brain scientists a mission largely based on exploration on planet Thram with the gummel net jetpack and into the nexus despite arena missions appearing in most ratchet and clank games since going commando hilarious name an arena does not feature in this game which is kind of weird i thought that they would have brought that back because it's a pretty fun aspect to most games these rewards may unlock additional weapons as well as well as gold bolts and hollow cards which you need to collect in order to get that platinum while holo cards are based on characters weapons and locations from past games in the series gold bolts are necessary to unlock extras when a set of three holo cards is gun together though, a bonus can be unlocked, such as increased holocard drop rate, increased bolt drop rate, or the ability to purchase the Omega weapon. After completing the maid storyline, the player can either choose to warp back to before the final boss was defeated. And this is good to collect extra gold bolts, any holo cards you're missing, any skill points you might have missed in order to get your platinum or to begin a new game on new game plus for a new challenge mode and restart the story with all your weapons upgrades and holo cards that will get carried over challenge mode allows you to fight the more powerful enemies and purchase the emotive version of his weapon to upgrade them beyond their maximum it's a great way to get a little extra power behind you but just know that the enemies are also stronger As these weapons are much more expensive, challenge mode has a bolt multiplier as well, which is great for hitting those bolt numbers. And really you're going to be doing a lot of your grinding on this level. There's a lot of different equipment that you can get within Ratchet and Clank. You begin with 10 units of nanotech, which can be replenished by breaking nanotech crates this can be upgraded to 200 by defeating enemies to earn experience points as in the original game ratchet cannot purchase armor to reduce damage taken despite it appearing in later installations of the original series the game features 15 different weapons of which many return from previous entries in the series with updated appearances the proton gun and pixelizer are entirely new weapons for this game though and they're pretty awesome the proton drum i used more times than i could count to get rid of large waves of enemies and the pixelizer it, though rather useless was pretty fun to do to see how people would look in 2d the pyrosis is t- 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 the pyrotator oh god some of these words are a little bit hard for me to say everybody and the agent of doom return from the original game and from up your arsenal while the bouncer previously a pre-order bonus actually which is again very annoying that they do that kind of thing and the sheepinator return from going commando I don't need to go through all these but after you find all of the hollow cards, which i would definitely suggest doing you can upgrade and get the rhino it is based on the design of the rhino 4 from tools of destruction rather than the rhino from the original game though each weapon can be upgraded for use from version 1 to version 5 and in challenge mode the omega versions of the weapons can be purchased to upgrade oh, to the 10th level. You need to do this because you need to max out each weapon uh, in order to get a platinum and it's quite annoying to do by the end and it just becomes a long ass grind. In Ratchet and Clank you don't just have to play as Ratchet. There are some points within the game where you get to switch over to your little robot friend Clank and play some kind of fun puzzle sections with him. Clank controls small gadget bots, though unlike in the original game, Clank does not issue commands to them. Rather, Clank can pick up gadget bots and reprogram their function to one of three. That's a spring bot, which lets you get higher, a bridge bot, which lets you cross your gaps, and a power bot that activates machinery. Puzzles require Clank to use the gadget bots available to him in... very interesting ways and sometimes rather annoying ways in order to complete certain areas clank can also pick up and throw bombs to defeat enemies or access areas if not he has to use his pretty weak attacks to do that sometimes rather than completing puzzles clank will be required to run from victor von ion one of drek's commanding warbots and one of the most annoying parts because it is in that really weird Camera view where you see your front, so you can't see what's ahead of you, and it can get very frustrating. In Ratchet and Clank, there's also a great set of mini games. Hoverboard racing returns to the game, mostly with the same mechanics too, if you played the original game, where you must navigate through a track, getting boost as well as performing tricks in the air to increase your boost further unlike the original game though after the storyline bronze medal is earned ratchet can complete two extra levels for the silver and the gold medals as well which unlock bolt and hollow cards the trespasser is the last part that is kind of a mini game and that is a puzzle where you have to get lasers to hit the correct spots without them getting thing um, blocked You can choose to not do these as well, uh, but I would not suggest doing that if you're going for platinum because after you do it once, you will not be able to obtain the platinum for the game. So make sure to get that. Just do all of the trespasser hacking. They're pretty easy, all things considered, and just get it done. Overall I would have to say that the gameplay for this game is pretty great. It's very smooth and feels really rewarding to do certain tasks. As well the fighting never really seems to get that old. Your enemies start to level up with you as you get more items and more things so people don't die just instantly. And you're given enough different weapons that you can really play the way you want. Want to go around and just make sheep out of everybody? Cool, do it. You want to go around lighting everything on fire? A Little bit harder but still, why not? Personally, I think I use the, uh, the flamethrower, the proton j- drum, as well as the Mr. Zircon the most. Uh, after that, it would probably be things like the combustor, the fusion grenade, and the buzz blades as they get very strong later on in the game. Specifically, the buzzblades as they can just bounce off everything and take out entire rooms of enemies. The mini games where I thought were a lot of fun, I thought that the racing component was a great draw. Unlike some other racing components for games that you need to do for platinums, this one was a lot smoother and it felt like it actually had a challenge to it. But not so much challenge that you actually had to be good at racing games, because I am definitely not, unless you're talking about the unicycle game from the Super Nintendo Like i said before like this game is very smooth in all aspects of it and that does not exclude the gameplay i think that it had a very good progression line as well a very it went through at a very good clip i guess is a good way to say it i never felt like i was super bored or that i was really bored at all when i was going through the game except for maybe end game when i was getting the platinum but i'll talk about that in a bit I thought that the trespasser hacking minigames could have been switched up a bit so it wasn't always just the same kind of get the laser to go to the place because after a while that did feel less rewarding to complete though I still I mean I guess I could have passed them by if I wasn't going for a platinum trophy but because I was it felt a little restricting at times Um, other than that I think that the game just overall was great for the gameplay Yeah, just a lot of variety, a lot of new things to do, a lot of great character moments, and yeah. Alright, I think that is going to do it for this section, we are going to jump over to the Platinum Trophy, and that is our hashtag worth section. So, Ratchet and Clank's Platinum. It was not that hard to actually finish but it was an interesting ride to get along with it had the same kind of things that a lot of these games have and that's getting yourself to top level getting yourself all the upgraded weapons finishing the upgrade trees uh collecting a certain amount of bolts collecting all of the gold bolts all the hollow cards all the collectible parts um getting certain uh times and races which was actually more annoying than it might sound as i was off by about a second so many times uh until i finally got it i think that was probably one of the biggest time sinks really uh, as i'm not the best at racing games as i've said before uh but it was still fun all the same i didn't really find myself getting that bored during my platinum run of this game i found that there was always something to do and the really the combat was fun enough that i didn't mind going back and grinding out a lot uh there was also certain places that you could go to grind out a lot easier unlike other games i don't think i've really i really had a point in this platinum run where i was angry frustrated or just wanted it to be done and just skip the platinum which i've done on multiple occasions for other games including things like witcher 3 persona 5 as if you miss one thing it seems like you have to go back through the entire game in order to finish it again. Ratchet and Clank luckily did not have this. It was very easy to get those story missions, get a more linear system that way, as well as doing all of the cleanup after they gave you some great options including just going back right before the boss and finishing things up. So overall I would definitely say that it was a fun ride to do the Platinum on this game. Is it worth it to do the Platinum? Maybe, maybe not. It depends on how much you like this kind of action-adventure game, really. I definitely did, even though I'm not actually a huge fan of them anymore. I haven't played a game like Jack and Daxter or Ration and Clank in so long, but it was something that I was really happy to be able to do and really excited to get my way through. It did also help that a lot of the story was very compelling, very fun, very funny, uh, in order to get through that first part and all the story missions. Is it a challenging one? I would say probably not. I would say that overall it's maybe a six, six out of ten. Uh, in difficulty scale to get the full platinum so if you're looking for something a little easier with has a lot of great elements to it then maybe this is a game for you so what are my final thoughts on ratchet and clank i think that this game overall is just fun i don't think i really had a moment where i was like nope don't want to keep going don't want to bother with this platinum don't want to sink more time into it i just had a great time from start to finish the graphics were awesome the music was awesome the character development was great i loved the uh, final betrayal and getting through that part with uh, quark as well as all the stuff with drek and nefarious doing a second double cross which was awesome so all in all i think it was just a very fun ride and had some great elements to it that really kept you drawn in I wish that I had more to complain about because it would make this section a lot bigger, but I really don't. I don't think there was like a really big complaint throughout the entire thing. Maybe some of the end game grinding, but even that was kind of fun because you're able to try new weapons that you maybe didn't use a lot during the actual game. This for me included things like the pixelizer, which though was very annoying, was still fun to play with, as well as the Graviton Cannon, which I again didn't really use that much during the actual game, but when it came to... uh, or sorry, not the Graviton cannon, The Groovitron <laughs> cannon, uh, That let people dance around and that kind of thing. And it was fun to be able to see that. Though it wasn't something I was going to obviously use on a regular basis in the game. So I think that will bring us to the end of this episode. If you didn't know, as I said at the start of the episode. This is the Cooperator's Reviewers Couch Pursuit of Platinum. You can catch us every other week on spotify on itunes on google play as well as anchor if you have any questions for me comments uh if you have a suggestion for another game to play i'm always looking for those and you can either send those in by email to the cooperators entertainment at gmail.com or you can send it in by anchor question i would love to get some anchor questions up in here it's a very fun way to do things i can hear all your awesome voices um, other than that, you can catch us on social media at the Cooperators on Facebook, at the Cooperators on Instagram, and Operators under Stir the Co at Twitter. You can also catch us live most days on Twitch, usually starting around 6:30 p.m. PST, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and then live recording our Cooperators for viewers' couch on Thursdays, starting around 7 p.m. PST. So it's all very exciting. Things are going on. We have a anime podcast starting up soon, and we're hoping to launch that in November once we get a couple episodes together to make sure that we can stay on a regular schedule. Uh, me and my streaming friend uh, Dane will be doing that, so that's very exciting for us. And I think that's about it. Um, but yeah so if anyone has any good questions please email them in send us an anchor one and we would love to answer them at the end of the show like i do on the cooperatives viewers couch but i don't have a gate with me here so i don't have a question for you so sit back grab your controller and join me on the pursuit of platinum